Remember when you loved what you did for a living and you got excited talking about it? The Portfolio Career Podcast is here to help. Help you find that next project, next idea, or next friend. Host David Nabinsky will interview those that have optimized their careers for growth, resilience, and ultimately happiness. Tune in and let's have some fun. Hey all, super excited for this episode with Alex Portera. Alex is co-founder of Nowhere Men. Alex talks about the inception of Nowhere Men and the travels that they've had across the world, the stories and the people that they've met. Really great episode, really inspiring. Talks about what motivates him and keeps him living curious every day. He also talks about his work as a copywriter as well and how he puts that together to create his portfolio career. Hope you all enjoy this episode and can't wait to hear your feedback. Welcome to a portfolio career podcast. I'm here with guests and friend Alex Portera. Hey Dave, how's it going? In your word, how do you describe what you do? Yeah, it's a it's always a tough question. <laughs> I try and lead with the part of my story that I think would be most relevant to the person I'm talking to, and I typically lead with the nowhere men because that's where I'm personally focused right now. And I think how I lead or how I tell people what I do changes depending on what I'm most focused on at the moment. So right now I tell people, and I test this all the time, actually, you know, what, what is the thing that gets the most reaction? Because with this type of portfolio career, sometimes you say stuff to people and they're like, oh, they're, they're very confused. And so I test to see what gives people the most reaction and then we can get more in depth. So right now I say that I am a documentarian who creates short documentaries every single week about inspiring people for a show on Facebook Watch, is how I would describe it right now. And let's give some context about that show. So you've done about 100 episodes. It started from, I think we met around two years ago at an event, and I think you had just gotten back from Mongolia, maybe? Uh, I had just gotten back from, I think, South America. South America. Okay. So what were you doing in South America? Sure. So um, I used to be a management consultant at Deloitte Consulting many moons ago. And that's how I started my career. And I was doing that for about three and a half years. Really loved it. It was not necessarily for me, uh, but, but it was a very, very valuable experience. And I left that to go traveling. I was just going to go away for a few months and do something called the Mongol Rally, which is a crazy drive from London to Mongolia. Happens every year with a bunch of just absolutely crazy people in these tiny cars. No, no GPS, just map and compass. I was planning to do that for two and a half months. I had a job lined up for me when I would come back. And as I was preparing for that trip, which I was going to do with two friends, we got connected with a production company who said, do you want to film that trip? And that production company is the company that owns Lonely Planet, which is one of the largest like independent travel guide companies. Incredible. And yeah. they were making a foray into media or going deeper into media. They, just, they were basically looking for people going on adventures. And they, they almost had this like VC model where they were just going to give a bunch of people cameras and a tiny bit of money and see if anyone was any good. Hmm. And so we went away for two and a half months and we came back. I went back to my job at Deloitte for a little while as I was planning my next step. They were watching the footage and they said, this stuff's really great. It's better than a lot of the other stuff we've seen from some of the professional filmmakers we've sent out on the road. Do you want to do another trip down to Patagonia? and drive from New York City, New York City down to Patagonia. And, <laughs> and I was like, I, I mean, I, this was a, you know, after three months of living out of a car in some of the most rugged terrain in the world, like the steppe of Mongolia, Kazakhstan, I mean, it was crazy. We almost never slept in an actual hotel or hostel. Uh, I, had, I had grown out my beard, it was very gross. I had, my hair had you know, gotten crazy. And then cleaned up, 
put on a suit, went back to work, and then I got that email. And you know, the road was just calling no way. Uh, out again. And so, <laughs> and so the two guys that I went with, my two best friends, we quit our jobs for good, bought a car, and drove it for 13 months from New York City down to the end of South America. Uh, 14 countries, like 25,000 miles, and filmed every single day of it. It was like 390 days total, I think. Wow. Yeah. And so that's the Nowhermen, the, the, you and two other guys that you mentioned. And, you know, now you've done about 100 episodes. And is it a, is it a business? Yeah. So when we got back from that trip, we, we thought we were going to have a TV show. And so we were just kind of sitting around waiting and... We waited for kind of a few months and nothing was happening. And so we said, why don't we try and help these people sell the show by building up an online audience that they can bring to, to brands? And so we were called the Nowhere Men and we said, why don't we just start putting out content? And we started filming videos about different people around New York. We just asked ourselves, what are we curious about? Who are, who are we curious about? Because from our travels, we really realized that we loved meeting interesting people. And there's no place in the world with more interesting people than New York City. And so... Our first video, we, we, we tested a video out by filming the Thanksgiving Day Parade, which was pretty random, and it was just a very, it was like this very silly news video. But then the next video we filmed was one of our most popular of all time, which was about a street vendor who sells tamales, tamales in Queens. And we posted that video with almost no, no one following us, and it got like 60,000 views on Facebook, and what? we were like, oh, this is pretty cool. And um, I've done a lot of different creative projects uh, over my life, and I've, I've always started really strong and then my motivation wanes and then it just disappears and so for this project we said we're gonna do this every single week we're just gonna make a documentary every single week and we're not gonna miss one no matter what and we haven't missed one in maybe 80 weeks and it started off not as a business okay it started off decidedly not as a business uh we were living at home at the time i was actually uh we had spent all our money traveling and I was like, I'm not going back to my old job in order to support myself. Because I knew this video thing wouldn't make us money yet because we weren't any good. We had never shot like uh, footage for the internet. We had filmed the show, but we weren't, I wasn't confident in my skills at the time. And so, and we were filming on iPhones. So it was like, <laughs> we had nothing to make us money with the video stuff. So I was trying to think, how can I support myself as I make these videos? Because eventually my show will sell and I'll get rich and famous and so I just, just, I just <laughs> gotta bide my time you know course, <laughs> exactly yeah. and I was looking at what doing an inventory of what do I like and what am I good at and and what could make me money and writing was a very obvious answer for me for a long time I never thought writing was a viable career path and I wasn't necessarily confident in it but when I looked back at my past there was a few moments where I was like I think this writing thing could really work for me hmm. and I had written uh, at Deloitte when I was working there I had Ghost wrote a few pieces for one of the top partners in the firm that went out to the entire company, and this guy was like, the, you are really good at this, Like maybe you should hmm. think about this. I had written a few pieces a few years before that I posted onto Medium, when Medium was a, when Medium was a brand new thing, and they went viral on Medium. I was on the front page of Medium once above Gary Vee, you know, <laughs> like years ago, which was crazy, um, with, with like no plan. I just posted it and then it just, it just popped. And I was like, okay, some, some people at least like my writing. So that's when I started developing myself. I said, how can I turn this writing into money? And I saw copywriters were actually making, that was a successful way to turn your writing skill into income. And so I started learning copywriting as I was building up the Nowhere Men. 
And so now Nowhere Men is a business. And is there anything else that you're kind of juggling or optimizing? So right now, it, it, it goes between the copywriting and the video work. And, you know, we can break that up into my public video work, which is for my own show, video production for other brands. We just bid on a really big project yesterday, by far the biggest we ever have. And then I have my own personal email list, which I, where I share stories from my life with people that I hope help them understand their lives a little better. That's really it right now. It's, it's writing and video for me at this moment. Um, I have started a number of companies and done a number of other things. I've had two podcasts in the past. <laughs> um, and that consistency thing is where I, where I fell short. But mm. the reason I didn't continue with it is because I just couldn't stay consistent. You know, what do you, what's your source of inspiration? Or, you know, what are you doing when you don't have multiple, like, you're not actively working on? You know, what, what do you do when no one's watching? always pushing forward on like some sort of project or creating a new one. I, I, there's some, there's some type of pathology that I'm actually working on trying to like slow down just to give myself some space and not keep starting new things anytime I have some free time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> because I find that that's what I do. You know, it's like, Oh, I've got a Saturday free. Why don't I try this new thing? And sometimes that's really valuable. And sometimes it's like, I got to, you have to learn to focus. Mm. And so as much as possible, I'm really, I'm trying to, there's with the two, the things that I'm doing right now, those are my things the the writing and the video, those are my things right now. And so I feel very confident in like when I have free time that I, that I'm not trying to just chill out, relax and be with friends. It's, it's figuring out new ways to either get better at telling stories, get better at distributing them building a community, things like that. I mean, that's pretty much um, what I, I focus almost all my time on. Okay. Is there a source of inspiration? Like when you look at yeah. somebody or uh, an impact that you've had along the way, like what's really driving you to keep going as opposed to starting and stopping? Yeah. I'm going to back up from the, the direct answer to that real quick, which is that Please. I spent a really long time like focus on the idea of finding my passion. Like that was just a thing that I cared so much about. Hmm. And I just was looking for it everywhere. And I was like, I'm not passionate about, I'm not just not passionate about anything. Like I can't find the thing. And I would search everywhere. And then I read a book, which I think a lot of people, uh, well, and then I read a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Yeah, it's on the shelf right there. <laughs> and, um, and it was like, stop looking for your passion. Just like start putting in work and like noticing the things that you're interested mm. in. And that was such a freeing book for me. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop this process of looking for my passion. And I'm just going to, I'm going to follow things that interest me. And I'm going to see what I'm actually good at. And, you know, fast forward a few years after I read that book, which that was before I went on these, on these trips. Oh, wow. Um, and while I was traveling, I realized we, we met so many people from all walks of life when we were out on the road and we were camping almost every night. We had very little money. This company did not give us much to travel on. And so we were relying on strangers all the time. And the people that we met who, you know, on nights where we, it was dark and we were hungry and we had no place to sleep, who invited us into their homes, who fed us, who introduced us to their families, who really took care of us. Um, like it changed who I am as a person. And it changed how I think about other people. And it changed how I see the world. And 
you know, I have such a, a different respect and love for people around the world than I did beforehand. And, and I, when we got out of that trip, my two best friends were living in this car. You know, we, we, we just realized that like people are good. That was our, mm. that was our main takeaway from two years of travel is that people are good. And as we were traveling, we were seeing the world and we were like, this, the world is getting bad. Like people are not treating each other good. People are treating each other with contempt, with fear, um, with suspicion. And, and that's not what we, we don't believe that's the truth. Hmm. We, we are kind of fed through the media and I understand why it happens because that's what captures eyeballs. We're fed these very attention grabbing, but scary stories. And the reality of the world is, is way less scary than it looks on TV. Hmm. And we were in it. We were in the world. And so that, like getting that message out there and helping people feel less scared of other people and helping people trust other people and be excited to go on adventures, I mean, that's been our, the main inspiration. And there's a, a few people along the way who really hit that point home um, as we were traveling. So... It is some of these people that we met along the road who treated us with kindness, who had nothing. People who were too poor to send their kids to school because they couldn't afford the bus fare, letting us sleep in their homes and feeding us. What? Yeah. Um, I it's mean, not some mythical figure of this person that's made a lot of money or has a big impact on the world. It's the real people that are out there. It's the real people who are just being good human beings to other human beings it's those people who i draw most of my inspiration from and then i can't i can't say what inspires me more than the the guys that i do these videos with i mean they are the biggest impact on me because i've lived with them for five years or four years we were in a car together for the better part of two years we've lived together in new york for two years you know one of them just left to go off to business school he realized this wasn't for him anymore but i mean they were my lives as well so Mm. that's the, the those are the inspirations you know, for me in this podcast, it's around trying to help other people find inspiration, help them find a new friend, help them find a new project, help them, you know, just get a new spark. If you were to, to teach a class, you know, what would that class be on? It's a good question. So, and it, it's a good question. And it's a question that I could probably answer in a way that like, would feel vaguely inspiring, but not practical. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of like, what's the practical answer here? <laughs> Whatever feels comfortable. <laughs> practically inspiring is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, practically and inspiring. Step one is always get started, right? Mm. Like I was talking to someone about this the other day and they actually asked me the same question. And it's like, number one is you can't think about where is it going to, to go. It's like, what do I want to do right now? What do I want to see out in the world? And what can I just start doing now, I think if I had known what the journey I was in for would be like, I probably wouldn't have done this because it's not easy. You know, mm. what, what, the amount of time, the amount of sacrifice that it takes to be creating this type of career, which is a funny word to, to even call it, you know, is it's a lot. It's hard, but it's always just step by step and always finding, um, you know, what do you enjoy? What kind of sparks your curiosity and then following that a little bit more so i knew that i liked people Mm. i knew that i was becoming a filmmaker and i wanted to try that a little more and then i also found some success with it and that was really helpful for me at least finding some success early on it didn't need to be huge but knowing that some people were enjoying my work was a good indicator but you know if it hadn't we probably still would have kept going 
I think a lot of it and a lot of the stuff that we do is just following, following curiosity. So mm-hmm. we recently changed our tagline to live curious because I think mm-hmm. curiosity is such a powerful way to find out what, what gives you life. And mm-hmm. when you ask questions about the world around you and, and just stop, stop making assumptions about people, about places, and just ask yourself, what, what is that like? Who, what is that person's life like? Who, who are they? You know, what would this be like? What if I tried that? And so that kind of curiosity is always a driving factor in my life. I, I actually, I just realized I lied when you asked me before, like, what are the things you're doing? I also just joined like the leadership committee of um, MediClub. Amazing. Um, which is a monthly meditation group. And I'm thinking about that right now because when I first went to this meditation community two years ago, it was filled with all these people who I thought were just incredibly cool and like way out of my league for like coolness. <laughs> like I don't know how to say how it any other way. That, yeah, yeah, they just thought they were very cool, and I was like, I'm a nerd. But I was so I just thought it was so cool, and I was so curious about it. And so I said, I want to get more involved with, involved with this. And I didn't know how that would turn out, but I just started showing up more and more for that. And I asked them, Hey, how can I get more involved? And then I started hosting these small circle groups, which is where yeah. we got to know each other a little better yeah. as you showed up to the first circle I was ever hosting. That and was the first one? Yeah, that was the first one. Amazing. And so that's, you showed up there and, and a year and a half later or so, you know, now I'm on the leadership team of this community. And so I don't know where that will go, but whether it's the videos, whether it's the writing, whether it's this or something else, like the driving factors, curiosity, and then at least consistency for a certain amount of time to feel something out. I don't think you should be doing something for a long time if you're just like feel like you're banging your head against the wall. Mm. But if you're getting pleasure from it, you enjoy it, it's still interesting to you. And then you're starting to see like incremental success over time, whether that's fast or very, very slow. Yeah. Um, that's, I guess that's my advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you probably, the first Medi Club, you weren't thinking, oh, if I do this, then I could be the, on the in two years, they're going to then ask me to be. You're just kind of like, this is what I want to do. I believe in this and I'm going to try it, right? And then you keep going is that you didn't anticipate them to say, hey, Alex, thank you so much for what you've done. We now would like you to be a part of the leadership committee. Yeah. I, yeah. It, there was no, I, I never, it didn't even, I mean, the leadership committee didn't even exist, you know? <laughs> so it was just like, I love this community. I love what they're doing and I want to be a part of it. And I want to take a bigger role in this community just because I like, I just love it so much. Mm. Um, and I think that something that you just said reminds me of how when I was younger, just getting started out, I felt like everyone else was so far ahead of me and mm. I would always compare myself to like, oh, I'm so far behind and I can't start this new type of thing because I'm already too old for this. Whether I was 23 and obviously not too old enough, or too old or 25, now I fight this all the time, but I'm, I've kind of... I'm like, I'm going to just do my thing and stay consistent and always be learning and always get better. I try as much as possible not to compare myself to other people because I'm a video creator who got started video creating at 28 years old. Most video creators are like 15 year old YouTubers, <laughs> you know, like this is, it does not feel like a thing that you should be starting in your, in your, when you're almost 30. But, and there are people who are way younger than me who have audiences that are 50 times bigger. And I look at them all the time and I'm like, man, sometimes I, I start comparing myself and I'm like, Ugh, you know, I should be better. I'm too old. What if this doesn't work out? I'm gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna, this, this thing is just going to be a waste of time. But when I focus on, okay, I'm just going to focus on myself. I'm going to get better mm. every week. And I also know that I'm making an impact. Uh, that keeps me going. We keep on it. We have a Slack channel called appreciation jar. 
which Amazing, was originally yeah. a physical jar, but we never put anything in it. <laughs> so we made it a digital jar where anytime someone says something really nice and people say really nice stuff to us, we just put it in there in this little Slack channel so that we can, when, we're, when things are really hard, we go back and we just see. Maybe a video just made someone smile. Maybe it said they, they pushed them to have a conversation with someone they hadn't talked to in a while. Maybe they were going through a really rough time and our video connected with them in a different way than, than anything else they'd been consuming recently. And so... Puts things into context. Yeah. So it helps us understand what's, what's going on outside of our day-to-day like hustle of trying to get things out into the world. Yeah. You know, as you're... What struggles have you faced with traveling internationally and then your copywriting work? Like, how do you balance that? Mm, with my co- The reason I do freelance copywriting as opposed to having gotten a job is because our film schedule has always been chaotic. It's like maybe someone can film on a Tuesday, maybe get someone, someone can film on a Friday. And if I was at a nine to five, this video thing wouldn't work okay. because we like to film people like doing their jobs and a lot of people don't work on the weekends. So we need to be available for, at that time. So I, I purposely chose this path as a way to have as much flexibility as possible. And so if I'm going away for a week, I mean, my clients are, I've developed strong enough relationships with them where I tell them far enough in advance that, hey, I'm going to basically be gone for this week. None, none of them depend on me as much as they would a full-time employee because I'm a freelancer. And so mm-hmm. the most I work for any one client is about 10 hours a month. And so if I'm gone for a week... 10 hours a month? Yeah, that's like the max I work for any of my clients. And so I've, I've, I've developed this in a way where I can go away and it's okay. So I, that, the, the travel hasn't really caused any issues. What does cause more issues is like on a, on a week-to-week basis. Sometimes a client will say, hey, I need this thing today and I'm off on a video shoot and I don't no have time. Yeah. yeah, I don't have Wi-Fi and I'm like, I can't, I can't respond to this right now. And that's, a, that's just a problem in me making sure I communicate before, right? I set expectations and usually I do. Occasionally I miss that. Um, <laughs> but it's never been like a, a too bad of a problem because I've always been pretty upfront and everyone, all my clients know that I do this video thing so they mm-hmm. know. And that's part of what makes, you know, helps, helps me get these jobs is because they see it. They see me as a human being as opposed mm-hmm. to just a writer who they found on the internet. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have diversity with the, even within the copywriting. Even within the copywriting, you have multiple clients that, let's say, you know, one may be really interested or may need some work right now, and then another one may go quiet for a little while. Yeah, so the way that I have, have dealt with that is I have a few clients who pay me, who, who I'm on a retainer with. So mm-hmm. I know month to month I'm getting a certain amount of money. Amazing. And it took me a while to get to that point where I was like, oh, I need to do this. But once I did, I was like, hallelujah. You approached you know? them? <clears throat> yeah, I asked them. I said, hey, we've been working together for a while. One of the clients I'd been working for for like seven or eight months. And I said, hey, we've been working together every single month. Why don't we just formalize this in a month-to-month agreement? And then another client, right once I did that, the next client I signed on before I had even, I, I worked, I said, we'll do a trial month. And if you like this month, then we're going to sign up for a month-to-month contract also. And, and I was like, oh, this is obviously the way to go. <laughs> it took me so long, but it gives me so much more stability. And then I can layer in one-off projects on top of that. Okay. And so that was a really big point in, in terms of like resiliency that set me up for, for being able to withstand the challenges of this kind of chaotic lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> and and well, you also do some, some, I've also not seen the recaps too and some, some the Q&As and the lives. I think that's another kind of like add-on that I think has been... Yeah. Well, well first of all, um, 
like yes what what i love to do is always find the people who are like who no one ever pays attention to but you say like hmm i wonder what that person's life is like and then you just keep walking by as you see them on the street um but yeah, I mean, we did a this guy, a fruit cart vendor, who's been working at the same fruit cart for 15 years. He, he's no one's ever taken interest in it. Well, I don't know that for sure, but like, not in the way we have. Where we're like, we want to make a documentary about you, and he's like, why? You know, he's like, why would you want? <laughs> Leave that? me alone. Yeah, he's like, what are you doing? Um, so that's what I love. So I guess I had another question would be, you know, is there anything else that you're thinking about for the next year or two? Or you know, I'm really. I'm really focused on just making a video a week. <laughs> I'm really focused on and getting that to a point where that's where my public video creation, my Facebook show, is my source of income so that I can focus even more on that. Because I do video production for clients, I do the copywriting, and the copywriting informs everything else I do, by the way. Like, good writing is just absolutely mm. critical to... The things that make our videos good is because... Uh, I can write and because my partners can write as well. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's probably 50% of the success of of our videos is not the video itself. So I'm really focused on that. And there's a few reasons for that. Number one, I just, as I've said, you know, there's been a lot of times where I've lost, lost focus. And I think that consistency is just so important because Mm. it it, it goes up and down and how I feel about what I'm doing. But whenever it goes down, it always goes back up. And you never know who's watching your stuff. You never know mm. whose life you're impacting. You never know where things are going to go. And I still, I love what I'm doing so much that it's like, I'm just going to keep going. And as long as the, the signals are positive in the positive direction that we are getting better and that we are, people are responding to our, our videos more. Last week's video that we posted, I, we got more comments saying this is your best video ever than we ever had before. And so I was like, okay, good. Progress. Yeah. Progress. This is if a video a year and a half later is our best video yet. Perfect. Our most recent video is our best video. Perfect. And like helping other people do this as well. So I run a Facebook group for video creators on Facebook because there was no community for that. Hmm. Yeah, this is another random thing. <laughs> um, for video creators because... Uh, for smaller video creators um, because it is a lonely path. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to have partners doing it with me, but most creators do it on their own. And so I said, well, why don't we help each other out? I'll bring, I'll bring the community together and we'll just work with each other to get better. And so I really love helping other people tell better stories. And then I love telling the stories myself. And that's, yeah. that's pretty much like what I'm going to do. You know, people say, where are you taking this? And I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing this. I don't, there's no. I don't want to be a film like a feature filmmaker. Don't want to necessarily be a documentary filmmaker. I just want to get better and better and better at mm. telling great stories that make people feel something meaningful. Damn, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, Alex, I do want to say thank you so much. Thank and, you. And uh, in this, you know, new endeavor, so I want to say thanks. Yeah, thank you. And for if people want to support you. Where can they find you? So the best way to, to find us, you can look on Facebook, search Nowhere Men. That's two words, and it's plural, M-E-N. Um, like the Beatles song, Nowhere Men, but Nowhere Men. <laughs> and then it's on Instagram, Nowhere Men TV. Both of those, you can message us on either of those platforms. Message me on either of those platforms. I'm always checking those messages. That's a pretty easy way. I would say Twitter, but I don't really use Twitter mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, or just... Uh, yeah. Slide into our D- slide into my DMs and Uh-oh. I'll go back to you. 
It's Friday morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, awesome. Thanks, Alex. Thank Appreciate you. it.